Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. And I'm Jay. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. It is the 11th Star Trek series and was launched in 2022 as part of Alex Kurtzman's expanded Star Trek universe. A spin-off from Star Trek Discovery, it follows Captain Christopher Pike and the crew of the Starship USS Enterprise as they explore strange new worlds throughout the galaxy during the decade before Star Trek, the original series. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Yeah, and right out the gate, they did the, the intelligent thing for episode one of addressing the elephant in the room, which was like the ramifications of season two's Discovery's finale. Um, one, Captain Pike has, had learned what his ultimate fate was going to be and was processing it, which was something that actually runs through the whole season. But they had to put it up front and center. He's essentially experienced it already from my understanding of the way the time crystals work. And it's six months. I think they actually give you a time frame, six months since discoveries disappeared and they solved the whole uh, dangerous AI thing. Uh, control, I think if I remember right, it's what it was called. And you get to see as Mount with the big beard and long hair looking glorious in Montana in the snow. <laughs> in fact, online, I mean, yeah. there's a whole big thing about his hair for a whole season. People oh, are just no obsessed. Way. Like, this man has gorgeous hair. I mean, yeah. I mean, th- we've not had a captain like him. I know he's not the first actor to play Pike, but since we were introduced to Mount as Pike in Discovery and the opening of this show, like you say, with the beard, is in the kitchen, he's cooking. Like, we don't see people cook on Star Trek. Yeah, which is funny because that was a big thing for Captain Sisko for the DS9. Ah, yes, that's right. He did cook. But... Wasn't as wasn't as big a thing for the core of his character, I don't think. Where because he was cooking for him and his son, because he grew up with his father running a restaurant in New Orleans. So he's like, replicated food doesn't taste as good. I'll cook. I'll cook food. I'll have a proper home cooked meal like I grew up with. Whereas for Captain Pike, it's very much a a social thing. This is how I socialize. Yeah, it, it is, but I also take it as like there's it just adds something extra to his character. Like it's not completely about being in the future and you know, future, you know, I guess it's not the future for him, but you know, it is about looking back and like doing things like they used to do, like we do now, and just cooking yeah. it's that it's reaching into the past, isn't it? And just doing something from scratch. I've got to say. His quarters. I mean, so gorgeous. No, no, yeah, gorgeous. But I remember seeing Star Trek, the original series, and of course, the events of that show 
take place after this show, Kirk gets screwed over. <laughs> He's got such a small quarters compared. But I get it. He needs to have everybody in, like the whole thing with Ahura, and she's there, and Pike is like a party, and you know, he's cooking for everybody. And it was, you know, it, it, yeah, we're getting something different from him. But going back to what you said before about his hair, you're right. There's been many people online commenting on his hair, drawing comparisons to Elvis Presley, the title character <laughs> of the animated series Johnny Bravo. I mean, yeah. how is it that high? And it just stays there. <laughs> When we get the episode yeah. where we're following the doctor and he's, and what he's experiencing is influenced by his daughter and she's telling that story. And then we see yeah. Anson Mount and he's got his hair in curtains. It's like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're having so much fun with his hair on the show. But, <laughs> yeah. but he honestly, Anson Mount, like when we first see him, the beard is on horseback. Is reluctant. It goes back on the starship. He's, he's on the, the Enterprise. Day the Earth stood still on repeat. Yeah, yeah. See what I mean? He's looking backwards. Yeah. And then he, I mean, oh, do you know? What? I need to say. It now. I need to say it now. To Discovery, it put Star Trek back on the small screen. We'd not had Star Trek since Enterprise. We'd had the JJ films with. Chris Pine as Kirk, and more so the first one. I enjoyed those films, and you know, Beyond is a lot of fun. The whole yeah. thing with Khan in the second one is he, isn't he? Anyway, Star Trek back on the small screen, that first season of Discovery really liked. And then we found out that Picard was coming back, Lower Decks, the animated series is so much fun. We've got Star Trek Prodigy, and it's like, wow, we're getting such a variety of Star Trek, and I'm really enjoying it. And then this show happens, and it's like, holy shit. This, <laughs> like, just jumps to the top of the list for me as my favourite current Star Trek. I love the yeah. episodic storytelling. The The uniforms are incredible. Oh, shit's kiss. <laughs> I mean... Perfection, absolutely. Just the look of it, the cast, everything about this show is just working. You know, it really blew my mind because I didn't know this was going to happen. Just to momentarily jump to the finale, and then we can go back and we can go through it all, the cast and everything else. We see that there's older Pike, but it's yeah. not just older Pike. Is wearing the red uniform from the from original cast films. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. and they've changed it up. I mean, I'm not quite sure about the 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 red sequins line on his leg. <laughs> it's like yeah. sparkly. But other than that, amazing. I I I never thought we'd see that again. But it makes sense because we're getting the original series uniforms but everything about the show from the the ship the cast the uniforms it just it looks incredible and i was just looking forward to watching it 
week to week to the point where I was watching this instead of season two of Picard because there was a time when they were releasing them at the same time. And I would have thought I would have gone to Picard first, but no, Picard had to wait because I was watching a new episode of Strange New Worlds. Yeah, I I, uh, actually put on Strange New Worlds second because I knew it was going to be a step up from Picard. Even though I really like Picard, I just thought uh, Strange New Worlds, there's so many things going on. Anson Mount, Captain Christopher Pike, he's... I don't think we've had such a such a great captain since since in on next gen because he's a diplomat first, yeah, uh, and, and a and a person manager first and a warrior second, which is what Starfleet supposed to represent, and he has a very like he's got the gravity but he has gravitas. You know, he can step in, but he's lighthearted. He has a light touch. Um, and Anson Mount plays all of it to perfection. But then you've got the, the, all of the rest of the crew. And what took them a few seasons, like three or four seasons of discovery, to start really fleshing out the rest of the crew, we get straight away with season one of Strange New Worlds. You've got Spock played re- excellently by Ethan Peck. I mean, I. It's sacrilege to say, but I think he's doing a better job than Leonard Nimoy. You can't say that. (laughs) Only because he's getting more to do. Yeah, okay. Nimoy (laughs) had a very narrow corridor he was allowed to occupy. This is all the logic. He was like science and the crazy stuff and the antics was always Kirk or um, Bones, never Spock. Yeah. This is a younger Spock before he's matured a bit more and become more serious. And he, they're getting to do, he's getting to do so much more. He still hasn't got come fully to grips with the I'm half human part and he's still struggling with it, but it, it gives him stuff. The relationship with him and first chapel is oh, like, electrifying. Really yeah. I mean, it is, it is there. Like when Spock's wife's like, I knew you were pretending. I'm not thinking, no, it wasn't. <laughs> he absolutely yeah. wasn't. You know, I'm going to jump to the finale again, and then I'll stop doing that yeah. until we get there. The moment where you've got, and this is, you know, Spark and developing his character and him getting to do more. And he says to Pike, he, he says, Captain. And then he pauses. And then he says, Chris. And then he leaves. And it's like... That was a moment. That was a that was a yeah. good moment where Spock was acknowledging the person, a friend, and not his captain. Yeah, yeah. Think you're you're right. Yeah, he is getting to do and, uh, to do more. Yeah, and it, it was earned as well because we'll, we'll go with season finale. You get old Pike because they do some time travel shenanigans. He's going to make a choice. And we're gonna and the repercussions that that choice is an older version of himself, free of the chair, comes back and is like, "Don't do what you're about to start. This is where it leads. In fact, you're gonna experience it because it's the only way to fully to fully understand why 
you have to let it, things play out the way they're going to play out and not do this. And he lives the original series episode of Balance of Terror, but with him still in charge of the Enterprise because he was never injured. So Kirk never got the commission for Enterprise. He's got his, a different ship. And seeing the first uh, interaction between Romulans and Federation in 100 years from a diplomat's point of view, rather than someone a bit more action and like uh, responsive, uh, reactionary like Kirk, uh, it plays out completely different. And the way it ends uh, of the, that scenario ends with the man in full war with the Romulans, but also that Spock would have somehow ended up in the same situation that Pike is going to end up in. Uh, and it's Nurse Chapel who's delivering the news and it's all the same injuries and all the same stuff. And I'm just like, oh. And when the episode ends, it's like, I really do have to let fate play out because I have to protect Spock because I won't let any man take my position. I will never like take that, have to live through what I know I have to live through. Yeah. Especially for Spock. I was just like, whoa. Yeah. Phenomenal storytelling. So, so well, well done. I mean, before we got this show, they announced season two and Paul Wesley had been cast as Captain James T. Kirk. And then when we got the the season premiere, you're like, oh, hang on. Are they going to be just killing off Pike? I really hope that they don't and he sticks around a while longer. So I had the knowledge. James T. Kirk was going to be taking over. I was thinking season two, but it turns up in the finale of season one. But I've got to be honest, what really threw me, and I had to ask you because I didn't know what was happening, that towards the end of the season premiere, Lieutenant George Sam Kirk. I'm like, yeah, who is this guy? But until then, but they kept saying Kirk and this guy. Yeah. Walks onto the bridge with a mustache. I'm like, who is this guy? And I looked into it in the original series. Shatner played both Sam and James. He played both Kirks. Yeah. Two different yeah. actors this time. But I'm like, ah, oh, okay. So Sam is a character and he he dies, doesn't he? In the is it during the original series? Yeah. And Kirk's investigating his own brother's death. Right. Yeah, there we go. But that did throw me. <laughs> He just walks and he's wearing the blue uniform. I'm like, what is happening? Why has Kirk got a mustache and a blue uniform? But it was a yeah. a different a different character. Bait and switch. Very very well done. Um, because they knew the, the news had gotten out, so they, they played into it. But it's right. very smart. Well, I fell for it. Yeah. Uh Rebecca Romaine is number one, who we yeah. actually get her name. Yes. It is Una Chin Riley, and she is Illyrian and has been genetically modified, which is illegal. And they finished the season with her under arrest. Yeah, I mean, I've got to be honest, I saw that one coming. 
they didn't get me with that one. But that's yeah. They they were setting it up because you know they they put a big bow on it, didn't they? You know the the season was ending. Pike was back, accepting his fate. Right, we just need to play it out. This is what needs to happen. And then she gets taken. But then he's he's fighting. He's taking on Starfleet. <laughs> like he's yeah. he's getting physical. And she's like, no, I need to go. I need to to do this. And it brings it back to the character in the beginning who he was cooking for, who was asking him if he, you know, he's going to go back to Starfleet. And she's the one saying, I don't want to be doing this. I'm just following orders. And she gets yeah. she gets taken away. Yeah. Um, she's great again, all season long. Oh, she's uh, she's fantastic. And yeah, she she's solid. She was great in Discovery, as was you know Ethan Peck and Anson Mount. But she's getting a lot more to do here. And then she's having little side relationships with people. Like she knows about the doctor and his daughter and he thinks straight away, right. Okay. You've got me. I've done the wrong thing. You're going to turn me in. And she isn't, but of course we find that she's got her own secrets, but um, yeah, she is. She's fantastic. And this is number one. Yeah. And I do like that. She gets to, she's the one in command of, whatever teams like sometimes she's on command of the ship and pikes on the ground. Sometimes she's on the ground and pikes on the ship, but they always, but there's always the chain of command is preserved. So if they're never in the same place at the same time, because that's how military works. You don't put yeah. all your, your, your command staff out in the conflict because if something happens, there's chaos and there's no organization going on back at base so i love that they do that and she has a great relationship and that we get bits and pieces of throughout with uh, the tactical officer laan nunian singh great granddaughter of khan yeah yeah uh, played by christina chong and they've got a great they're clearly friends they're ribbing each other yeah they've got a lot of history um, she seems to be the only person uh, Laan relaxes around because they're friends. Everyone else, she's very serious and very business-like. Um, but such great, such great chemistry between the two. And they really do. Like, yeah, because it's like this show. It just it arrives fully formed. When does that happen? Yeah. Like, I know you know the the big three. They got a head start. Season two of Discovery. And we're familiar with Enterprise. We're familiar with characters like Ahura. So we've got that built-in knowledge. But at the same time, like from the first episode onwards, it just, you know what it is. He just, it seemed to have just arrived fully formed. It's not like, oh, you know, it's good, but it takes a couple of episodes to get going and then you'll get into it. It just straight, yeah, straight off the bat, everyone's firing on all cylinders straight away. You know, all it's going to be characters, yeah. Formed. It's going to be interesting. Like we we talked about it off air. Like they've announced for season two, they're going to do a crossover with Star Trek Lower Decks, mentioned before yeah. the animated series, and that episode is going to be directed by Will Riker himself, Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> But we're going to be getting the 
the voice actors from Lower Decks playing live action versions of their characters interacting with the crew of the Enterprise. And what's going to be really interesting, well, it's all going to be interesting, but a particular interesting thing, Rebecca Romain, who plays number one, in real life, she is married to Jerry O'Connell, who plays the voice of Commander Jack Ransom in Lower Decks. Who's number one. Who is also number one. I mean, oh, the possibilities are endless. I mean, are we going to get Jack Quaid with purple hair? I am so curious <laughs> what, what, it is, what it's going to be. But, yeah, like, again, like you're thoroughly enjoying Strange New Worlds and it's like, can it get any better? They're doing what? They're doing a crossover. I mean, yeah. brilliant. If you, when I read it, I thought, oh, they're just going to have Anson Mount and all those guys voice themselves on lower decks. That's that's the way you do it. But that's then, the yeah. easy no, choice. No, no. Other, yeah, yeah, yeah. Other way around. Other way around. Wait, wait, what? And it could even that's be both. Awesome. It could even end up being both, yeah. but it is lower decks crossing over with strange new worlds and it's said to be live action thoroughly enjoying it and then the same day because it was comic con the same day we got that news we got the teaser trailer for picard season three oh well lower decks we got a trailer for that but we got a teaser for picard season three and it was all the next gen crew and you're like this is pretty great this is like the best time to be a Star Trek fan. We are getting so much Star Trek at the moment. We're getting, you know, the animated shows. We're getting what feels like classic Trek in Strange New Worlds. The next-gen guys are coming back. Ah, oh, what a great time to be. To also be getting another fan. Chris Pine, uh, uh, Zachary Quinto yeah, live action well, film. Apparently, I'd, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see. In fact, do you know what? I was going to say then, and I guess I still do. I'd like to see another one, but especially with Strange New Worlds, I'm like, do we need it? Do we need a fourth Pine film? I mean, I'd absolutely watch it. So I would like to see it, but I'm loving Trek on the small screen and. You know, the the look of the show, everything, the production value is incredible. Yeah. And a, a big thing with Strange New Worlds is Star Trek has a lot of shades, more than I think people give credit for. Uh, Lower Decks shows its comedy chops. If you want something uh, philosophical, there's so many episodes of so many different tracks to pick from. You can get the really serious, dark, um, like uh, commentary on real life track that you get with the DS9 during the Dominion War or even season two, uh, one, sorry, of Discovery with the war with the Klingons and some of the questionable choices and the, the fallouts of those things. Strange New Worlds plays all of it, every side of it. You get the Gorn episodes, which are terrifying, and just how- for the first time. Terrifying yeah. for the first time because until yeah. this show, a bit silly, a man in a rubber yeah. lizard suit <laughs> being yeah. beaten up by William Shatner. That's what I think of when I think of the Gorn until now. Yeah. Uh, you, you get the comedy episode, my personal favorite of the season. 
uh, Spock and Lock. Oh, the Freaky Kim Friday episode. To- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. It was so brilliant. <laughs> like, obviously, Captain, now that you know, you can see the character trait, the, the obvious character traits on and he's hit the look on his face. Uh, yeah, obviously. Uh, yeah, like yes. Same, exactly the same to me. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Again, episodic, they're able to do it. I mean, the, you know, that Gorn episode, and there's there's casualties. I mean, there's a character we've not mentioned yet, the, the chief engineer. Yeah. Bruce Horak has... Hammer, yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah, so, okay, we'll come back to him in a moment. But that episode, okay, we'll, we'll talk about him because <laughs> he he dies. He's a big casualty, and I guess they purposely introduced this character as someone to die, like somebody that they could integrate in the crew. Everybody gets to spend some time with. Like he becomes a bit of a mentor figure to Ahura. And just so they find a way to embed him within the rest of the crew. But a lot of the crew is this very special connection with Spock as well, because they're both logical. Yep. And they both just have like I guess because they're both no nonsense, they just get each other. Like they do. The first yeah. time you meet Hammer, you know, he's blind because the Ana are blind, but they have like basically pre almost precognition. So Spock just throws a vegetable to him and he catches it, starts chopping because they're cooking because they're in Captain Pike's glorious, of course. glorious quarters. <laughs> uh, but you can see multiple times whenever they those two interact, it's like it's almost like they relax around each other because they can stop the effort of having to socialize. Like, ah, oh, yeah. Spock, ah, oh, it's Hammer. <laughs> so he is a great new character, but he was introduced so they had him form all those relationships but they wanted to increase stakes so they needed to have a character that could die most of the main characters are still alive in the original series so they can't kill them yeah because they need to keep those guys around so they had this character and the gorn episode is where he dies and he sacrifices himself to save the crew. So he yeah. does get a, a big moment. But that episode, it very much felt like Alien meets Predator. It was like yeah. watching like a sci-fi horror. And I've got to be honest, yeah. though, if I can, we've done nothing but praise <laughs> this show. And, you know, rightly so. The episode with the Gorn, when it cuts to their vision, and I kind of, you know, I mentioned, you know, comparisons to Predator, that looks a bit hokey in a show that looks stellar. And for the most part, it looks (laughs) so good. But And I'm like, are they doing it on purpose? Because, again, episodic television, they can have like a comedy episode, Freaky Friday. They can do like a, you know, like a horror sci-fi episode. Are they going for a bit of cheese? Like, are they? Is that what they were like going 80s for? Sci-fi horror cheese, possibly, or even like possibly. Sci-Fi Channel, like something you get yeah. on there where it's 
oh, I don't know. And it's a way of showing, like, from perspective of of the Gorn. But the actor or the character, well, and the actor, the actor's going to leave the show. The character dies. What I thought was interesting was the casting. So you mentioned you know, the character, um, and his character is depicted as being blind in one eye with limited sight in the other. The actor is also vision impaired. Oh, that's very smart. The actual wow. actor. Yeah, that's smart casting because it's supposed to be one of the hardest things to act is oh, you you got to betray being blind, but I can see everyone. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, just pretend like you can't. But what do I do with my eyes? Like they're naturally going to track on things. That's, that's it. how eyes work. <laughs> Where he's... Yeah, or it can be distracting because you can see that the actor's focusing on a fixed point. I got that yeah. with Affleck in the Daredevil film. Like, you know, often he, you can see he would found something to look at without looking at the person. Whereas, yeah, yeah so with Bruce Horak, he is the first legally blind regular actor in a Star Trek series. Smart casting. Yeah. Yeah. And also they get that moment where they're in trouble and they need Spock to help and get angry. And he, and he does because he knows that they might have to sacrifice someone and it's Horak, uh, Hema. And Yeah, Horak's oh, the guy. Yeah. It's, it is confusing because both Horak and Hema sounds like characters from Star Trek. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely do uh, but when he digs into his human emotions and gets angry and lets it go, like, oh, I, I felt it. And then his depression at the end of the episode because he's lost his friend and he can't turn it off because he spent so long repressing it. Now he's never had to not be, like, having felt to turn it off again. It's like, I don't know what to do. Like, oh, so many things happen in this episode. And that's just one of many great episodes. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is it is a great season. We've mentioned Ahura a couple of times. We've got Celia Rose Gooding as Ahura, but this is not Ahura as we know her. This is a cadet who doesn't quite yeah. know if Starfleet is for her. She's just giving it a try. And after she says that, you know, other people, including Spark, are like, well, hang on a minute. Like, you know, you beat out so many other candidates, you know, who really want to be here. So make sure if you're here, it's for the right reasons and you really want to be here. It's like, oh, yeah, she got told off. But Ohora, yeah. like, they, they end it perfectly with her. And she's on the bridge and she's looking down at a little station, you know, communication station where she works at. And, Ah, just the foreboding was excellent. Yeah, and that's the thing with like with Hemmer, he was chief engineer. Eventually he's got to go to make way for Scotty. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that is <laughs> yeah, that's true. Same with Banga. Bones has got to turn up at some point. Your time's limited, mate. <laughs> he was great as well. I didn't realize until doing prep for this that he also was. An original series character, or has appeared 
previously. Yeah. Um, and yeah, played by Babs Olu's son, Moken. I think I just butchered his surname. I'm sorry. You're, he's phenomenal. Uh, he feels like a doctor. He's got that, like, I have to save these people. I took an oath. Yeah. He's got I, such I, gravitas, hasn't he? I, he's, yeah. I mean, um, I don't know him from anything else, but I'd say he'd have a background in theatre. There's just something about him. Like, he's just, he just commands whenever he doesn't matter what he's saying. He just sounds important, yeah. which yeah. for a doctor, that works. Yeah. Well, yeah. And also, doctors have to command the senior officers. Like, no, no, no. You're on the medical area. I'm in charge now. Get on there and let me scan you. <laughs> like it's a it's an ongoing like joke in Trek that captains always duck away and senior personnel always duck away from the medicals. Like oh nope, uh, I don't have time. I'm a busy man. Like off I go. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's it's good to have a someone with such like presence to be like no 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 get get on there and even the. Uh, the original pilot, the original doctor character was an older gentleman who sat down Pike and got him a got him some a, a stiff drink to talk over the issues. That's a little bit of history for you. So you know, I've you know, I I've not not seen that in such a long time. I used to have the cage on VHS. Yeah. Ah, oh, I've not seen it in so many years. It's just funny, isn't it? Like, you know, that obviously was a failed pilot and then William Shatner was cast and, you know, changed everything. But now we're talking about a show where Pike is the captain and it's currently the best Star Trek on TV. Yeah. Just funny yeah. how all and- these years later, it's we're finally watching a show with... Pike and Spock. Yeah, and it's, it's this good. Uh, to Pring, she mentioned uh, her. She plays. She pops up quite a few times. Played by Gia Sandu. Amazing. Uh, she only ever shows up on uh, a mock time from the original series. It's that one episode where her engagement to Spock ends. Ah, right. uh, this was. In the sixties, where divorce was not not acceptable, and she came across as the kind of everything was logical, but there was like an edge of like hostility, like like a conniving bitch. I'm gonna have to say, unfortunately. So which we nice don't, which see. we yeah, we don't get that here. We don't get that here at all. What you do get though is. You get Spock putting his job first again and again and again. And she's left wanting again and again and again. So you can see where she gets to the point of like, nah, I need out of this arrangement because they need a proper reason to to get uh, not married or divorced. Uh, break up an engagement because it's a, quite a serious thing, Vulcan culture. But you know, you you feel for her. she does it really well because she's trying so hard to help Spock. Like she's 
going well out of her way to try and bring him back, uh, uh, like get him to get over the whole half-human side and you know, all the other suitors that she could have had, but she chose him. The other thing they do is Balkans, uh, just like everyone else, when they've got a partner, they're going for it. Because, of course, famously, Balkans in Star Trek only had sex once every seven years. Oh, is that what it is? Oh, I, right. That's what a mock time is when they go into ah, right. Which is basically they go into heat. It's because they've been abstaining for so long. And that's just like genetically it's become a thing of like they can no longer take care of it. So they have two options. When they're young and they're not in a relationship, they can do like a mind meld with family and it will soothe it and it will go away. Or they can have sex and take care of the primal urge and it will run its course. Right. But if they don't do either of those things, it will kill them. Oh, kill them. That's the truth. <laughs> yep. My <laughs> word. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, in this, they show like, no, 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 they're physical creatures like anyone else. Like they have intimate relationships. They're just done in a very different fashion. It like that, you know, there's a very formal layering to it all. Uh, but you know, they get to a point it's just like anyone else, which is nice to see because the Vulcans that's a very 60s way of thinking. Yeah, it's nice that you know, modern Star Trek were felt confident to update uh, into a more modern context the Vulcan. Uh, society because it yeah it's very got a little stuck in the 60s there <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean update is is the right word like across the board like when you see romulans and the federation is seeing the romulans for the first time and they didn't know until that episode that they did or do share resemblance to Vulcans and the same in that moment that that was probably strategic on their part to show some distrust with Vulcans. And obviously Spock was on the bridge of the enterprise, the the cloaking of the ship and how it works and how they can track it. It was all very interesting, but the Gorner menacing for the first time, Romulans, you know, you felt, that threat so even though we're going back to a time before the original series and we're getting all those primary colors with the uniforms it feels really modern like yeah they're clearly not trying to make it look as though it was made yesteryear the show looks fantastic but the way that they've like modernized things for today's storytelling Ah, there's just so much to enjoy. I've got to be honest, though. You know, we've we've reviewed shows and not always enjoyed a particular season because there is the main storyline that might not necessarily be the best storyline. So therefore, it's kind of hard to always find something to like. With this being episodic and tonally 
We're getting so many different episodes, themes, all of that. There's an episode I just didn't like. I didn't like it, and we've mentioned it already, but it's okay because it's just one of 10. It is just one episode 10, and I'm talking about episode eight, The Elysian Kingdom. Yeah. Did not do it for me. It's the fairy tale episode. Yeah, and it's 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 very original series track. Yes, uh, but, um, but you can see everyone's having a ball, yeah. really enjoy themselves. I know, and I could see, yeah, I could see that, and and there's generally some funny moments, and Anson Mount as Pike, you know, he's playing that he's not the confident captain. You know, we're getting a, a different. Um, a different answer mount in this episode, but yeah, I yeah, I didn't really think too much of this episode. I was happy when it was over. The other episodes, yeah. though, is great, but it's okay because it was just one of ten. Yeah, and it did resolve the whole storyline with Benga's daughter in the transporter loop. It did. So again, we're saying episodic, but it, it's st- we've still got a through line through all ten episodes. So you're right. It, yes, but the but the through lines are character driven, not not crew driven. Uh, and Pike's dealing with his knowledge of where he's going to end up. Una's uh, keeping the secret that she's been genetically altered. And Benga's got his daughter stuck in the transporter. Uh, La'an has PTSD from her experience with Gorn as a child. And you've got um, Spock's relationship with uh, Nurse Chapel, played, which we should acknowledge Jess Bush does a phenomenal job. Australian oh, she, she's great. You know, I, I quickly looked her up. Home and away. <laughs> she was in Home and Away at some point. Uh, I yeah. can't remember who she played. I, yeah. I didn't even know she was Australian. But I mean, I'm yeah. assuming she's Australian because she was in Home and Away. Yeah. But, and that's another long, another call. Like it will eventually be like a call forward, but call back for those who saw it from an original series episode with this nurse chapel was a character in the original series and did have a thing for Spock. Like it's, a, ah. it's a, like an established thing. I mean, wasn't um, it Gene Roddenberry's wife who played Nurse Chapel, the original? Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> Is it something Barrett? Is it Mar? What's her name? Uh, it's got. It's like M A J Marjorie something. Marjorie Barrett. Ah, there you go. That makes, yeah, Marjorie, that's her name. Don't know what I was saying. Marjorie? Yeah. <laughs> I remember, yeah. like, just, I used to see her name in the credits. Yeah, and she played a lot of characters on Star Trek as well. Yeah, she did. Anyone would think her husband was the creator of the show. <laughs> yeah, who would have thought? <laughs> yeah. I just keep uh, getting cast. Also, I don't know why. <laughs> we should also call out Erica Ortegas. Uh, played by Melissa Navia. Uh, she is the pilot, the 
helmsman, as it's called, uh, on a large ship uh, with a wicked haircut. Oh, I was going to say, a, like, yeah. <laughs> she was get that styled every day. Yeah. Uh, and uh, following her in Instagram, her partner or, or close friend um, tragically died somewhat recently uh-huh, and she was right. having trouble dealing with it but if she, you know she said like star trek helped because if he'd found out that she ever ended up on star trek like like mind blown like oh my god you were on star trek what you're actually a cool character you get to fly the enterprise what like yeah, yeah. Um, i did i didn't and know she i didn't know she suffered that loss but i i do see her pop up on social media and she's very passionate about Star Trek, about her role yeah. in Star Trek. Yeah, um, and you can you can see you can see the enjoyment of all the cast. They they obviously feel very fortunate to be in the position they're in on a show they're on, and like with all the new Trek happening right now, they happen to be on like this one, the one that the best one. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say it, but yeah, the one that is killing it at the moment. It's so good. You know, the music, this, oh, the special yes. effects. The music. I mean, they they are keeping uh, composer Jeff Russo busy. He was a composer on Discovery, so, you know, the main title theme, but also he was the composer on the show. And the other shows, they keep bringing him back. I'm pretty sure he even did Lower Decks. He definitely did Picard, and he does this. There's a different composer on the actual show, but yeah, he's he the Star Trek guy now, isn't he? Shows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nami Melumad is the composer for for the show. But Jeff Russo, yeah, doing all the, the main titles, keeping him busy. I'm pretty sure Strange New Worlds in Australia is the first new Star Trek show to go straight to Paramount Plus. I know there was that last minute thing with the recent or the latest season of Discovery was going to be Netflix, moved to Paramount Plus. I think we're still getting Picard on Prime. We're definitely getting yeah. Lower Decks on Prime. Because Picard, yeah, because Picard, I believe, all three seasons were sold off the back. Right. But what I was going to say with Strange New Worlds, we get something that we've not had elsewhere. And it's the Star Trek logo at the beginning, which has like its own little thing, yeah. which is very cool. So I wonder if that's going to be something we see, you know, kind of like the Marvel Studios logo, something that they're going to yeah. put in front of all Star Trek. It, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm pretty sure uh, Jeff Russo would have composed that little theme they have there <laughs> as well. Yeah. Yeah, he's... They're keeping him very, very busy. He's a Star Trek guy. I was listening to a, a, a film score podcast. I've not, I need to get back into it a long time ago, and he was on that. And he was just loving composing Star Trek and being a Star Trek fan. So he's clearly yeah, yeah, doing what I he listen, wants to be doing. I listened to the pod directive episode where they had him on. Ah, right. I've not listened to it in uh, a long time. Yeah. Um, like talking about how coming up with the episode, uh, the, the themes for the seasons and 
like, how, how did you know it was right? Um, if I'd laid it down and I started like walk around the house, like humming, like whistling it to myself. And if I heard my family also whistling it, I'm like, <laughs> that's the one. That's the one. That, that's the one that's going on. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, ratings. If you had to give Star Trek Strange New Worlds a rating out of five. Well, I'm clearly not going to give it a perfect five because of the fairy tale episode and maybe because of the, the Gorn vision. But yeah. outside of that, oh, I love the show. I absolutely love it. And do you know what? You're the only other person I know who is watching it. People really? don't. Yes, people that I know are not watching it, which just blows oh. my mind because it is it's so good. It is, it is so, so good. I remember, again, going back to Discovery Season 1, and it's like, wow, this is modern Star Trek. Look how expensive it looks. This is, you know, deep storytelling, character-driven. The effects are amazing. And then here we are, like, Strange New Worlds. It, it is. It's my new favourite track. I absolutely love it. It looks original series yet modern i can't get enough of the uniforms they really look amazing and what about when they're going on away missions and they've got those cool jackets it's like oh, wow the the fashion is incredible on on this show there's just so much not just that but when they go on an away mission it's specific it's like oh that place is a bit cold jacket yes. that place is a bit like you know they they That's have it. appropriate yeah they have yeah spacesuits when they're on the common like they have actual spacesuits they do like because there's no atmosphere ah i just i love it i absolutely love it it just feels like pure star trek so yeah i'm going to come in at a 4.5 out of five almost a perfect score yeah i'm uh i'm not going to be that uh objective for me it's a perfect five and you everything make- about it <laughs> <laughs> all of the cast as i said uh ethan peck spock just giving to to dabble in the ways that leonard nimoy would have loved to and would have done an amazing job but unfortunately was not on the cards for him given the show that he was on with the limited budget they had uh, and the type of stories that Gene Ron really wanted to tell at the time. Uh, he, uh, everyone, everyone's killing it. It looks amazing. Every, every, every week, I'm just like, oh, Strange New Worlds tonight. I can't wait. Just going to get Picard up the way the next go Strange New Worlds. And uh, like, just buzzing, like watching through the opening, opening credits, like the episode starts and you know and it wasn't always just captain's log you know like it was just pike it was everyone got to like got everyone's everyone got every one of the main characters whether it was uh dr mbenga or nurse chapel or ortegas they all got an episode to really shine um can't get enough 
can't wait for season two. I do know that Lieutenant James Kirk is supposed to be, I think, a series regular from season two. So I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, what's his name, Paul Wesley. Gets to, yeah. We, we only did a little bit of it. We, we that, do. Finale. And but he, he's not doing it. off anyone. Yeah, I was just going to say he's not doing an impression. Like he's not trying to do Shatner, which would be a mistake because there's only one Shatner. But he's just, yeah. and he's not doing Pine either. He's not doing Chris Pine. He's just, he's doing his own take. I think if anything, like it's more of a visual thing. I'm not used to, he's quite a skinny guy. He's skinny. He's got a, he's got darker hair. Than yeah. Like so Chris Pine or physicality, I guess. Um, but anyway, he's going to make it his own. Um, the the portrayal and young Kirk as well, like yeah. young as in like he's got multiple superiors above him. I'm That's really true. To see, so there's a lot of room. How they have him play that? Yeah, there's a lot of room to grow. You, you know, we we've talked about Spock a fair bit. I know we've done our rating already. Um, he's hitting the gym, isn't he? I have never yeah. seen Spock. <laughs> As built as he is, I mean, yeah, wow. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't I did see, see the first uh, first things on social media. Oh, did you? The, uh, the episode where he showed off, and people were like, damn. But it was just, Spock, I guess, Spock. <laughs> you just used to Spock looking a certain way, whether it's Leonard Nimoy, Zachary Quinto, and even Ethan Peck. Like when you see him in the show, he's got the ears, the hair. He looks like Spock, but that episode when he took his top off, you're like, oh, okay, that's not what I thought was going to be under there. He, anyway, which you know, for all the cast members, obviously, you know, the the uniforms and Star Trek are notoriously form fitting, so I, I got to imagine that plays on their head, yeah, uh, on their mind, and they're like, eh, that's just the, you know, the the way the light catches on those uniforms, it it tends to show up. They're undesirable. So, but yeah, he's he's definitely hit the gym. Um, and keep at it. Like I expect there to be more shirtless Spock or half torn shirt Spock in season two. Because let's be honest, it's uh, it's, he, either he's got his shirt ripped or it's going to be Captain Pike. So, I think it's time to end, Joe. I think it's time to end. We can. <laughs> can wrap it up that's it for our episode all about star trek strange new worlds if you'd like to contact us about this episode or suggest a topic for an upcoming episode you can find us on facebook as sounds like comics podcast you've been listening to luke and jay the guys from sounds like comics see you soon